Welcome back to the Mountains in the Sea, a Prince podcast, where we look at the highs and lows of every Prince album. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we are so glad that you're back with us today. We are talking about the album 3121. Woohoo! It's where the party be. It's where the party be. Man, this is a really good album. I had forgotten how good it was. I, when we when I selected, I guess, yeah. last time, I, I was trying to pick something that you had heard before but hadn't listened to in quite a while. You know, we covered Love Sexy in our first two episodes. We covered the Love Symbol album. And then we jumped ahead now 14 years later to find Prince taking up residency in Los Angeles and creating this album between there and Paisley Park called 3121. Man, it's good. It's interesting to hear the growth from that Love Sexy where Prince was already... 10 years into his career. Yep. And this is what nearly 20 years after that, 18, 19 years later mm-hmm. that this, that he's making this album, this album comes out. It's so interesting to hear just the sound of the album is it's not overproduced, but it's more mature. Yeah. Well, it's a more mature man, of course, you know, being, oh, well, yes. uh, you know, 18 years older than the first album that we looked at, which is a pretty mature album in Love Sexy. It really is. Uh, but yeah, definitely, um, you know, spiritual growth and... Um, a lot of that in lot, this album. A lot of spiritual growth in this album, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, so shall we jump in? Let's do it. All right. So 3121. The title track. The title track. This was Prince's Hotel California. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it that way. He was literally <laughs> you check, in you California. Can, yeah, uh, yeah, you can come, but you can't ever leave. Yeah, that's it right. It's the Prince's Hotel California. I'm like, oh, I wish I had gotten as much play because I think this is a, at least as good a song as that. <laughs> I, I had I'm a little biased, as, but I true. think it's at least as good as that. I had not thought of it that way. You know, I thought I think you're right too. Going back to just an overall stance on the album if you're looking for uh like a fun prince pop album from later in his career this is this whole album is an awesome choice it's really and it's a fun album while there, it's full of innuendo and that kind of thing it was at a point where he, we're pushing the envelope to him was not crossing the line into vulgarity yes you know he called it pushing the envelope well, to as close to the end of the table as you can let's be honest he there you could tell in some of the lyrics he wanted he either was overtly alluding to the curse words that he was not able to say any longer or just kind of leaving them out. Yeah. Like there's oh, yeah. a spot Even... where you're like, there should be a curse word here because it rhymes with the yeah, yeah. <laughs> the and line ahead of it. Sure. It's in Lolita that you're thinking about oh, where okay. it's written to rhyme with S-H-P. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only does, it, does he not say it, instead you can hear him in the background say, uh-oh. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. all right. We'll get to that. Let's pull back from our digression, go back into 3121. All right. You know, this, I agree. This was a, this is definitely Prince creating, you know, this foundation of another universe, um, you know, for himself at the time a place where you go to party you take your pick from Japanese robes and sandals on the floor and you drink champagne from a glass with chocolate handles who drinks, a, who drinks champagne from a glass with a handle people at 3121 uh, we have never been so we've never seen it done <laughs> you know it occurred to me the first couple times I listened to this album when it came out I was like ooh handles on a glass that you could eat later that would be chocolate it was but more I, like I really the, color. It was the color. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> chocolate handles. Yeah. I'm just telling you a little about my journey through 3121. <laughs> First, I was eating champagne glasses, and now I'm appreciating how colorful it is. <laughs> I don't know that anyone would refer to the color brown as colorful. <laughs> <laughs> UPS would disagree. So this song, what was amazing to me, as you hear his later, his next two albums, there were songs from uh, the session where he recorded 3121 with right. Michael Bland and Sonny Thompson, where those songs are peppered throughout his this album and the next two. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, if, once you kind of train your ear to hear, oh, that's from that session, you can really hear it in future albums. Really? Um, you know, this really deep, growly, kind of swirly funk. You know, Prince obviously came back and overdubbed it and had horns added to it. Uh, but the basis of the track, if you listen to the other songs that are recorded during that session, 
you can really tell, oh, they, they belong together, um, uh, but that he separated them across three different albums. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. The lyrics were really fun in the song. Uh, the butterflies scared that they're going to be awake all night long. Yeah, just sweet little innocent people that are afraid to stay up with him. And no, the, the butterflies in, in your the stomach, stomach are yeah. going to be up all night long. They're, your butterflies are worried. You're so excited that your own butterflies are worried. Yes, but I also saw it as him saying, you know, these sweet little people don't know what they're in for. No, also, that they're his little it. butterflies. Oh. But yeah, butterflies in your stomach, too, yeah. of, of excitement oh. and nerves. Let's see, it works yeah. on levels I didn't even realize. Well, maybe it works. That's how I heard it. <laughs> Did you catch the very the very beginning of the song? He's got this kind of distorted voice that says, From the Lotus Flower, that um, is his album's name, two albums from now. Uh-huh. And you can hear that vocal part of that song uh-huh. at the beginning of his album, you know, three years in the future from when this was done. Yeah. Just so much work, and it's amazing how it, it, it reaches into his albums for you know a good little era here mm-hmm. that's really really cool i wrote down made a note for myself that this was party poetry and i kind of felt yeah. that way about a lot of this album that there were a lot of really fun funky tracks it was very poetic very unusual it was it was good stuff that's a great way to think of it i think um it was it seems like he was in a good place having a lot of fun with this yeah, album, too. it really did. There are people who I've read about this album and the previous album, Musicology, that say it's sort of bland and vanilla Prince, what? safe Prince. And I just, I don't see that at all, don't agree with it. I think there's a lot of fun to be had throughout this whole, this whole disc. Safe Prince. Didn't sound like anything else. Yeah, very true. That came out at this time, really. Yeah. Which makes, you know... Part of what we do here, we find the high, the mountain, the low, the sea, and our time capsule. It made it challenging to find a time capsule for That's this true. album. It's somewhat timeless. Because it really is, yeah. because it didn't really sound like anything else that came out at the time. It didn't sound like much that's come out since then. Yeah. This could have been released yesterday. And, and, I and think. still sound been like a new, yeah. a new collection of music. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So I love the fact that he's got some of his pitch altered voice in the song. You can hear a little bit of Camille in the background. Yes. You know, doing cat calls and that kind of stuff. But really, a song about reimagining of a universe for himself. Mm-hmm. And I like that we got both the lower register prints and the higher mm-hmm. register prints in the one song. I really enjoyed that and appreciated it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know uh, you appreciate the, the the deeper voice. I do. The I do. Yeah. I do. I like that he can do both. He and can do it all. It's very impressive. Yeah. So what do you make of the Berlin Wall reference? Um, it is actually, again, part of those sessions from uh, late 2004 with Michael Bland and Sonny Thompson. There's a song that they recorded during that time called mm. Wall of Berlin. Mm. And um, it's about, yeah, so that's what it's a reference to. The song ends and he says, it's going down, people like the Wall Wall of Berlin. Berlin. Yeah. Um, I thought that was maybe the only thing that really like dated this or like dated him. It mm -hmm. didn't even date this because the Berlin Wall was, you know, 20 years before this. But it was, it seemed. Yeah. Well, we'll have to dig into that uh, when we get to some 2009 albums and you can listen to the song. He changed it in concert during this time, too. Sometimes he would say, it's going down people like this system of things. Oh, okay. So it was more about breaking down walls Uh and metaphors. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's sort of... It was more metaphorical than a literal reference. Yeah, he didn't pick up the newspaper from the late 80s and think, oh, look what's in the news today. (laughs) No, I didn't think he would. (laughs) But definitely... Fun, fun song. Yeah. All right, Lolita. Also a fun song. Yeah, lots of fun. Um, Reminded me a little bit of the fun of Life of the Party on the previous album, Musicology. Yeah. Lots of fun Prince synthesizers, keyboards, and a fun drum beat. But like you said, the maturity here is here's a woman who he's attracted to. She is attracted to him, but he's telling her, can't happen. Yeah. Well, and see, and this song, like, it's so catchy and fun to sing along with and enjoyable to listen to. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't love 
like the whole messages throughout it, honestly. Oh, yeah? It's, you know, she's, he talks about how she's too young. Yep. But in the very last album that we listened to, he, in the... 16 years ago. uh, Well, and I'm aware of that, but he talks about how age is just a number when it comes to love. Yeah. And, like, he really, he wants to cheat on somebody. He wants to. Yeah. And he's... I don't know that he gets to be a high moral authority because he's telling her, I really, really want to cheat on this person with you because you're way younger and way hotter, but I'm not going to do it because it's wrong, but I really, really want to. Yeah, but I I think there's mm. a difference between a 30-something-year-old man being attracted to a 16, 17-year-old, where here you have a 40-something-year-old man Who's probably talking about a twenty-four-year-old, maybe or maybe younger? I would maybe younger. Yeah, he had his pick yeah. of the litter. Well, <laughs> litter, literally. <laughs> but it all resolves into that's not going to yes. happen. Let's dance instead. Yes, so it turns which into was a dance number. Yes, yeah. I, I had a little. Maybe and this is again me bringing late twenty-teens self to something that's not brand new material, right? It was a different time, even though it is far closer than yeah, our last album. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's only 12 years old. Yeah, I would still, I'd call this a late model Prince album. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. if I was putting out an APB for it. and <laughs> didn't know when it was made. It's a late model. Breaker, breaker. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is where uh, the first instance of, you know, playing with foul language yeah. but not crossing the yeah, line. Yeah, we'd be the shh, uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. Yeah, yeah, literally rhyming, you know, writing a lyric to rhyme with a curse word mm-hmm. but refraining from saying it and right. kind of making it a little fun. Right. Adds to the fun to me. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, so do you know when this song was written? Do I know when it was written? Yes. Because I wonder a little bit maybe who it's about. Because oh, I, I read theories online that it was about uh, Tamar. Hmm. But I also, but I kind of read it maybe coming just from the Love Symbol album. Maybe it was about Manuela. Maybe. A little bit. You know, I think perhaps, I don't know. I think no one knows. Well, somebody knows, but nobody we know knows what his exact relationship with Mm-hmm. Tamar was. Yeah. Well, there was something there because it all fell apart and her album disappeared. So yeah. It was more than a business <laughs> thing. Um, as far as I know, it was a new song that was written after the previous album, Musicology, mm-hmm. uh, that ended up on it. wasn't. Mm. It's not a vault track or something that dates back years mm-hmm. and years and years. Right. Um, but who it's about, I think it's all just guessing. And unfortunately well, now there's no one to ask. Right. Which, you know, it's fine, and yeah, I no judgment passed upon any of that, but... Yeah, I did find it interesting that there's a little Spanish part in yes. the Spanish-speaking part, and nowhere could I find liner notes on who that was. I always assumed no. it was Manuela, uh, because she had a little Spanish part in uh-huh. musicology. Right. Um, but I, it's just, it's all credited to Prince, and then the new power generation unspecified members with shouts in the background. Right. The little Spanish-speaking part is kind of a big role in the... Yes. In the, in the song. Which I, and I thought that part was really nice. Yeah. Very um, cool. Yeah. I couldn't find that either. And I did look. I'm Me like, too. who, who is the woman? That's right. That was one of the notes I made while I was walking the dog this morning, listening to this <laughs> album one last time before yeah. we recorded yeah. was who was this woman? And I couldn't find it. So I'm glad I wasn't just if overlooking it. I had to guess, it. I think it was Manuela, but that's just me. There weren't a lot of But he didn't want to, I guess things were on the rocks with them already. It seemed like she had gone to Africa or something. So maybe he didn't want to credit her. Maybe he was irritated maybe. with her. Yeah, that could be that part of it. That would be a very Prince thing to do. That would be, be irritated. to just pretend like it didn't happen yeah. and move but, on. Well, or it happened because it's in the song, but... We're, I'm not going to give her credit for it because yeah. this yeah. is my work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I, yeah. yeah. I, I, it's all just guessing. Yeah. Te amo Corazon. Yes. Te amo. Te amo Corazon. Te amo Corazon. 
Aw, I love you, sweetheart. Uh-huh, I love you too, dear. Yeah. <laughs> so that, this was the first, the third song on the album, um, and the first ballad. It was the first single from the album. Yes. And at the time of its release, which was in December of 2005, uh, this album came out. Not coincidentally, on March 21st, we failed to say that, which is 321, right. 3121. Um, when the single was released, it had no connection to an upcoming album. On the mm. single artwork, it did not you know, say from the forthcoming really? album, 3121. It was kind of a one-off mm-hmm. single. No one knew that this album was you know, taking its shape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember Prince being, he had an interview of some kind where he was asked if this particular song with kind of this Brazilian vibe to it was an indicator of what his next album might sound like. And he just looked at this person and said, no. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that was it. No. And that was it. Which is kind of true. It's sort of a, it's a unique song for mm-hmm. this album. You know, yeah. you get the Spanish vibe and Lolita and you roll into this Brazilian right. thing that's happening here. But it is... Um, it is different from the rest of uh, the album, and a, yeah. w- a weird choice for a single, I think. I think you so, know? too, since it wasn't very representative of the yep. other yep, music. Yeah, there was something about it that he loved, obviously, because he got to call these shots. Uh, right. Really neat to hear uh, Claire Fisher's work in Prince Songs again. That was someone that he had started working with in 1986, 20 years mm-hmm. earlier, for the Under the Cherry Moon soundtrack. Right. And kept revisiting it, and it was... A person that Prince never met, too. Really? They never met face-to-face, huh. and that was on purpose. They just sent music back and forth and collaborated that way, and he was convinced, apparently, that if they met and got to know one another, that would oh, affect he... the good thing that they were mm. having, so it was always a you know a, a safe distance kind of thing. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool, and I thought the orchestra sounds were something that really made this sound uh, very mature mm-hmm. that it was it's can be something that's kind of difficult for people to work in without it sounding overproduced yeah and i think that 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 was a nice part of that that was very yeah, it was evident very, in this very full kind of song mm-hmm. you know very yeah. i don't know how else to say it then very orchestrated <laughs> yes <laughs> which is like using the definition of a word in its own definition <laughs> yes like a subtrahend and minuend when the kids were, they had to learn what a subtrahend was and a minuend was. And I looked them up because I didn't know what they were. And uh-huh. they used the other in their definitions. I'm like, that is not helpful at all. Well, so. maybe we'll just say there's a lot of minuendo. Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay. So um, you're not a fan though of like, we talked about uh, damn you from the love symbol album. It's kind of a much slower tempo easy going i wondered if this kind of qualified as that kind of track for you or not quite as much no it didn't it didn't bother me i thought it was it was pretty mm-hmm. it's not my favorite song on the album i'm yeah. sure that's not a shock to you no nope. um but i thought it was it's pretty it's not one that i'm going to like skip over but it won't repeat it either yeah yeah Right, kind of fun lyrics too about you know falling in love or yes uh, in an airplane. Yeah, I don't care who knows it because there's nothing wrong. Uh-huh. Yeah, who's he trying to convince? That's himself. what I'd like to know. I, himself, somebody else. It's all good in his mind. Yeah. yeah. Hop on a plane and find some sweet love. Right. <laughs> but admitting that he has been changed by this person in every way yeah. is you know kind of a sweet thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's nice. All right, now back to a funky party track, Black Sweat. Forget the sweet thing. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Black Sweat. Um, So this is the second single from the album that included a video that's Mm -hmm. real fun. We'll look at that in the next episode of Mountains in the Sea. Um, really minimalistic song with without a bass line. I, it was fun to see, you know, descriptions of this album doing, re- doing research for this podcast as comparing it to When Doves Cry and Kiss because it didn't have a drum machine. Right. I don't see it. I don't see the song anything like those other two, but it definitely is very min- minimalistic with really just a drum machine and synthesizers going on in the background well, and his voice. Yeah, and it had really unusual sounds to it as well. There was the very high 
high pitched. Mm-hmm. I can see. I don't. I don't know how well it was received, but I could see how some people might not like it. It didn't really bother me. I thought it would because I don't. Those kinds of sounds are normally very off putting, which I think they would be for most people. Yeah, yeah. I get this probably very polarizing kind of sound. A lot of people, I think, who were Prince fans, loved it because it was back to this dirty kind of beat, kind of uh, back to almost a Purple Rain kind mm-hmm. of drum machine, sort of. Not quite there, but definitely sounds a little like it. But then, you know, if anything would date this album to me, it would be this use of the synthesizers and, um, you know, right. those, those high-pitched ramps that go on in the song, especially when he says, you'll be screaming like a white lady yeah. when I count to three. And then he bursts your eardrums uh-huh. with super high-pitched synthesizers. Yeah. Um, a lot of fun that they do almost reach the pain point, though. They um, they do. Mm-hmm. But maybe pulls it back just in time. Yep, just in time. Good job, Prince. Yeah, this was neat because he played this song um, during the acoustic part of the musicology tour two years earlier. I saw that. And obviously went into the studio and reworked it into something much different than, you know, you Uh can't really, you wouldn't hear this and think, oh, that'd be neat to sound, to hear if he would just play it on an acoustic guitar. Right. When it just, you wouldn't think it would work. And actually that's where it originated. Originated, (laughs) yeah. That's very, very neat. Yeah, and it was a download release, I read. You don't know. Okay. As far as a single goes? Yeah. That's what I read, that it was a download from something. I don't... I didn't... Why I didn't make a note about where you could download it from, I don't know. But it was Hmm. a download release. Uh, Incense and Candles. Incense and Candles. Well... It was dirty. Now we're we're getting back to the bedroom again. Yeah. This is where I was saying, you know, there is... Plenty of innuendo, but I could listen to the song with our nine-year-old daughter, and it would be far over her head. Yes. Um, because it's not explicit, but it's definitely a back-to-the-bedroom song Yep, um, for Prince. And, man, he spent some time romancing it up for, for somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I laughed a little bit when I heard this because my initial reaction when I heard this song was that it almost reaches into the realm of like the final season of Seinfeld where Prince has become a caricature of himself. <laughs> you know, I mean, of course the guy has candles in his bedroom. Of course We he know does. that. And now we're going above and beyond. But the more I listened to it um, leading up to this podcast, the more I saw it as not just a literal... Incense, he's saying incense and candles whenever you can. It's do the extra things, yeah. I think, is really what he's saying Aww. to have someone fall in love with you. Uh-huh. Aww. So that's how my perception of the song has yeah. changed over the, you know, yeah. 12 years since it's come out. Hmm. It was interesting to hear how different the rapping was over the mm-hmm. Love Symbol album from the early 90s. Having just listened to that, that was so rap heavy. And then there's a little bit of rap yeah, in this song the and how like a different and more mature it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, less trying to be like what is popular in rap culture and rap music. Trying not to mold to that, but to be his own sort of thing that yeah. still does it in a way that's familiar, but not cliche yeah. and not and just f- like everybody else. The fact that he handles it himself too, and doesn't yes. hand over rapping duties to someone yes. else, I think helps it all. The rap part at the end of the song makes the whole thing for me. Right. I absolutely love that part of the, of yeah, the song. I really liked it too. Yeah. I thought it was really good. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, Tamar Davis, because we mm-hmm. ha- have heard from her earlier on this album, but this is the first uh, song where we really, like, it's really a duet. It's between the two of them. Yeah, definitely between the two of them. I never really thought of it as a duet, but it really is. So this is uh, actually her first appearance on the album, as far okay. as I'm aware. Um, and she was a protege at the time yes. and had an album scheduled with Prince that uh, he promoted long before the album came out. And it went through a number of different changes, was first called Beautiful, Loved, and Blessed by Tamar, and then turned into Milk and Honey okay. by Tamar, and was largely written and performed by Prince, vocals by Tamar, or and um, some of the other band members who contributed to 3121. When he appeared on... Saturday Night Live and played Fury and then played Beautiful, Loved, and Blessed a month or so before this album came out, he calls out 3121 out March 21, and Tamar's album was supposed to be out on May 2nd. Mm -hmm. And uh, it got pushed and then delayed, and some 
actual CDs made it onto the streets in hmm. Japan, and that's how really a lot of folks have heard this album, but it never was officially no, released. released. And there, oh. a lot of it was attributed to uh, was there something between Prince and Tamar, and that fell apart, and the album just suffered because of that separation. She's got an album out since then, and an EP that's out that includes a few tracks from Milk, what was going to be Milk and Honey, so you oh, can find okay. those online. Yeah. Yep. So we can look at, take a listen to uh, Milk and Honey okay. um, as part of the next episode of this podcast. Oh, you, you got your hands on a copy of that. Yes, yes. Okay. So we can, we can take a listen. Okay, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to Love. All right. This song is so good. You, I could tell you like this. <laughs> <laughs> I... Love this song. You love I love, love. I love love. This yeah. is a good song. I love the electronic vibe. Again, it's like party poetry. It's uh-huh. so pretty. Yep. And very but uplifting. So funky. Mm-hmm. Uh the the chorus. Like a bird flying over the hilltops. Love is like the sky, you know it never stops. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak, love is whatever, whatever you want it to be. Yep. It's just awesome. It's great. I mean, I listen to the song and I can, I feel like a bird flying over mountaintops at times. It's great. Walking again. I was listening to this album, walking the dog. There are people driving down the street. I've got hands to heaven. (laughs) singing out loud at seven o'clock this morning. <laughs> That's a great. It I was, had, uh, I had a friend who I don't even recall or an acquaintance online that uh, made a remix of this album and sent it to me. And he said he always felt like love was just a tad bit too slow to him. Really? So his remix was a little bit faster and it was fun. Uh-huh. But I always go back to this original and think, well, you know, yes. you know, great lyrics. There's some awesome rhythm guitar work. Um, and what's, it's just, a, this is another song you can listen to and, say well if you want to hear what prince can do in a studio listen to the song because every instrument was was played by him yeah i kind of i was trying to categorize it somehow into the prince canon of songs and the best i could do was put it in the category of prince self-affirmation songs Mm. like cream or baby i'm a star you know this is the kind of thing you can hear from a pastoral talk today that love is um it's it's everything and anything And you have to turn away from criticism and being critical to understand the, the power of love. Yeah, well, you got to stop keeping score. Yeah, that's true. I was like, yeah. that's some powerful... Sure. That's something you got to remember. It's And it can be so difficult to do. That's very much our competitive culture that we live in is all yep. about keeping score. Yeah, and trying the last to, word. Yeah, and trying to let that go. Man, I can think about a lot of ways I should apply that in my life that I don't. Yeah. And I think that comes from, you know, Prince was deeply involved, you know, with the Bible. Right. And I think a lot of this stems from that. Oh, that, absolutely. Uh, you know, none of us are getting into heaven because of our good deeds. So right. keeping score is useless. Yeah. I think a lot of it came from, from that kind of study on his part. Yeah. I love the breakdown at the end where he, he says, let's skate. And uh-huh. I think about videos of him skating, skating. around pa- Paisley Park uh, there's just a lot to like about the song. I do wonder who he's talking to at the beginning of the song where, you know, he's saying, stop telling me who you want me to be, smiling at my friends when you really hate them. Yeah. Kind of made me think that there may be a little previous relationship with Maite involved here when mm-hmm. Shaka Khan and Larry Graham came into Prince's life. Right. And his heart was turned into different spiritual beliefs. Right. And didn't sit well when they kind of grew apart. Yeah. 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 And she didn't care for them so it could be that it could also be talking to friends or to fans of his who oh. are saying you know don't we want to hear you know the prince of old we don't want to hear the new stuff right he's a big proponent of not revisiting the past not doing purple rain 2 uh-huh. as an album right um so i think it's a message to to fans as well but yeah yeah definitely a highlight for the oh uh, for the album to me absolutely and then satisfied as if we left the bedroom that's right. Maybe We're we just in stayed in the whole bedroom the whole time because, <laughs> I mean, love's not like a super bedroom song, but yeah, I mean, you could probably read it that way. But satisfied is it? <laughs> oh yeah. It was. It was a falsetto Barry White song. 
to me. Yeah, I see it like as <laughs> Prince gets southern and falls in love kind of track. Um, it was one of the earliest heard tracks on the album. Um, if you were a fan at the time and a member of the MPG Music Club, a year before there was a live clip of the song that was uh-huh. streamed and then it appeared you know, on this on this album. But yeah, I thought it was kind of a temp, a little bit of a templated slow jam for Prince late in his career where it's playful but lots of innuendo. Um, we kind of saw this also on Musicology. There's a song called On the Couch uh-huh. um, where there's a lot of, I don't know why I keep going back to, it sounds like Southern, Southern slow love. <laughs> like a hot summer evening. Yeah, yeah. Like you want the fan... Going That's and right. you don't want to do anything too intense Lord and Lord. because you might get all sweaty and you're That's already right. hot. Yeah, I think it's you know this like we said there's innuendo here, but I mean we know what satisfied means long uh-huh. before you get to the end of the song. Is, yeah, and, and Prince asked you, "Have you ever felt like you were dying <laughs> yep. and felt satisfied?" Right, and kind of leaves it right there for you. But yep. you know, there's a lot of things you can read into lyrics like. I'm going to sink this thing like a buried treasure. Uh-huh. Yes. Like you said, party poetry. You yeah. Know, this, how can I write around all these things? And I think he saw it as a challenge to, you know, write the way that he had always written, but dance Do, around it a little bit. Yeah. And not, well, and not use such explicit language. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. You know that's the case when there's not a parental advisory warning on the CD, but there's a giant FBI warning about <laughs> unauthorized copying is punishable under federal law. This thing has, I mean, the back of the CD is one-tenth or more FBI piracy warnings. So yeah, and it's on the actual CD, too. On the CD Like, yep. the bottom quarter of the cd yeah well, this fbi was, anti-piracy warning yeah this was before you know streaming music and even before you know online purchasing of downloaded tracks really became a big thing right um so well because the internet wasn't fast enough yeah <laughs> to make it i can remember uh was it the NPG Music Club? We would set it up before we went to bed and have it download, and it would download for nine hours yep. till we got up on Saturday That's morning. Right. For about 100 megabytes of uh-huh. music and video. Yep. That's what it was with phone connections. So 2006, you know, broadband was kind of, you know, taking a hold and... That's when the the threat of music sharing was probably at its biggest. Right. Before, certainly before streaming yeah. uh, caught on. And now it's... No, everybody has an Apple Music subscription, so just listen there. <laughs> or Spotify. Or, or Spotify or Pandora or one of the yeah. others. Yeah. So this was another one I was interested to hear your take on because I thought that it might verge on the realm of a little loungy a little bit, but a little more playful than yeah. um, a song a little, like Damn You. Yeah, a little fast, a little more upbeat, a little mm-hmm. more... Yeah. yeah, it didn't It didn't have the same feel as Damn You to yeah. me, so I liked it yeah. fine. I liked, I liked it the innuendo and... yeah. It's mm-hmm. fun. Agree. Yeah. Okay. We're good. Fury. So we come out of some slow southern love and go nuts with so, fury. So danceable. Yeah. Um, yeah. It didn't have a chorus, really. Well, I mean, the chorus is, you know, two sides to every story. Uh-huh. One man's gloom is another One man's, man's glory. glory. But it didn't not a, really... Not traditional. It, yeah, but it wasn't like, you know, you hit it over and over on the chorus. There was a lot, there was a lot of other lyrics and so it didn't really, it had a chorus, but not really. Yeah. The chorus sounds like a verse yes. to me. And there were a lot of verses. That was one of my notes that yeah. this was a song that, you know, for something that's not a very long song. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of verses in this and, you know, like you had said on the Love Symbol album, that was very like full of words. So many words. <laughs> so many words. This one doesn't, didn't feel that way to me. It had no. some great lyrics and just there were many verses, probably five verses plus a bridge plus the kind of verse sounding chorus mm-hmm. as well. Man, when I first heard this um, on Saturday Night Live, I was so excited for this album because he just ripped it up on Saturday Night Live. And as is usually the case with Prince, the album version is great, but it's not like the live version. It it lacks a little bit of the energy of a live performance, despite the whole thing being a a guitar solo, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's was the beauty of Prince is he was just an amazing live performer. Absolutely. 
terribly, terribly spoiled. Hardly anybody ever lives up yeah. to Prince's <laughs> performance. That's very true. There's no sense in trying. No, uh, exactly. If you, if you expect to, you know, overplay him, it's not going to happen. No. Just incredible guitar work throughout this entire song from start to finish. It reminds me a little bit of 1999 and a little bit of Love Sexy with okay. the synthesizer parts. Yeah. Um, but completely different song. Another track where he played every note on the entire song from start to finish, which is incredible. I thought it was fun that there was a little bit of a Jimi Hendrix influence. Well, there's a lot of Jimi Hendrix influence throughout Prince's career. Right. But here it was really front and center, kind of psychedelic rock. Yes. And even the, this was a single from the album, and the album art, it was the third single that only came out in the UK, the album art was even kind of psychedelic. Yeah. Um, that matched kind of this Jimi Hendrix influence that was, you know, really fun. Yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah. Does it sound it, like something else? There's something, it sounds like something else, and I was listening to it this morning and couldn't quite place it. I, I didn't know. know if you were a, The only, the songs I compare it to again are like... 1999 and Love right. Sexy with the I just, okay. repeating keyboard parts. Okay, then I can't. Maybe I'm just like remembering it from when we heard it back when it first came out or went before it came out. Yeah. Maybe uh, that's maybe that's why it, what it sounds familiar to me because I haven't listened to it in a while. Yeah. Until you know the past couple weeks. No, I thought this was kind of a unique entry into you know Prince's music. A lot of times you hear Prince get criticized for burying guitar solos in the mix of a song. Right. Actually, he does it in parts on this album, too. But here, it's front and center. It is the song. The entire thing is just this screaming guitar. Yeah. Which uh, is Throughout all of it. Great. Which is, I think, kind of unique for a Prince song on an album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was very good. It's a very, very nice song. All right. And then The Word. Don't you want to know The Word? Oh. I love this song. I want them to sing it in church. I do. Yeah, they could. I, this could they I mean, should. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's about, um, yeah, very much so. Getting up and taking action. Yes. Uh, oh, not that just was... relying on, you know, reading God's word, but yeah. it's more, it's not all about studying. It's about going out and Yeah, get it. up and do something. What yeah. a call to action. Yeah. And yeah. he and I probably don't agree, wouldn't have agreed on quite a lot of religious things, but... That is some, absolutely something I could agree with him on is, you know, let's get up and do something. And I thought it was an interesting placement of the two songs that the word came right after Fury, mm-hmm. that she was angry about a lover. Okay, yeah. do something to fix it and don't just do something to fix it. Do something eternal to fix it. Yeah, very, very nice. You know, I thought kind of unlike the Rainbow Children and Love Sexy where there are heavy spiritual overtones. This is one that to me is very, very accessible and I don't think Agreed. quite as polarizing. Yeah. If you're not a Christian or this isn't something that, you know, you've let into your life, it's more of an invitation than what I think people perceived as a finger wagging in the past from Prince. Yeah, less fire and brimstone, more this is for you. Yeah. For here and now. Yeah. Um, know this and do something not know this and yeah just not accept it and yeah, at rest your, on your risk yeah 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 definitely you know you hear prince hearing the truth and here he is doing his part sharing it on an album mm-hmm. and inviting you to do the same thing i think is is great again really like you said party poetry obviously this is less party more poetry but safeguard against forked tongue and the yeah. treachery of the of the wicked one yeah Really nice, just it almost seems snuck in there that, you know, this is almost a message from a pulpit, not from a studio. Yes. And I read some people didn't like the spiders metaphor, but I thought it was really, Hmm. I I really liked it a lot. I thought it was uh, very relatable because most people don't like spiders. That's true. And it... It was powerful. You know exactly what he's talking about. You're, you understand innately what he's trying, with the message he's trying to get across. And yeah, the, with the lyric line you're talking but about. But it was is, also kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, who's going to save you when them spiders get next to you, spinning their sticky web around what you do. Yeah. 
Um, I saw it as, yes, a spider is, you know, a scary little creature, but it also happens kind of slowly and quietly in the background while you're not noticing it. And before you know what's happened, yep. you're stuck. Um, and getting out is harder than, um, yeah. you know, safeguarding. As you Russ kind of wander into it and yep. next thing you know, it's all over you. Yes. Yeah, the minute you realize. So that's, again, I think what taking action is about to get up, let's do something. Don't sit there and let this happen to you. Mm-hmm. It all kind of fit together really well. Yeah, that's, it was a great song. That's, mm-hmm. Something that I really will revisit frequently, I think. Cool. Yeah. Made a playlist. Yeah, for sure. Well, Prince made it for me. That's true. Because he did such a I good mean, job I mean, the song the made a playlist for you. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, I hope you feel the same way about the next song, because your gushing over the word is kind of the song that I rediscovered revisiting this album and decided that I really liked a lot was the next track, Beautiful, yeah. Loved, and Blessed. Yeah. Um, which truly is a duet between Prince and Tamar. In fact, she sings lead on the first uh, part of the song. Yes. Yeah, really just a highlight for me, especially since we're listening to it intensely this week, and as we're recording it, we're on the at the second anniversary of Prince's passing. And um, Wish we were there for the celebration, yeah. but we're not, so we're here doing this. That's right. So. We're having our own celebration yeah. here. Um, so, you know, I have this little bucket that I want to put this song in another, like a self-affirmation song. And it is that, but it's much more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that it's more for all of us than, you know, that we're all the listener, Prince Tamar, we're wonderful. We're perfect in the eyes of God. Yes. Especially when giving into his will, you know, mm-hmm. with the, with him referring to God as the potter's hand and himself as just a piece of clay. These are really, you know, traditional Christian metaphors of Absolutely. how God forms us as people. Um, and if there's a song I could hear Prince singing right now, I think this was like on the short list of, of ones I could really hear him singing right oh, now. For sure. And if all you read was the title, you could see it as very braggadocious. Mm-hmm. He is beautiful. He is loved. He is blessed. He's, you know, physically beautiful person he's loved by his fans he's blessed with money and talent but it's not i you really get into listen to the song and it's not that at all it's, yeah well he it, makes it explicitly all... clear even saying i'm not trying to put anybody down right. still i must confess uh-huh that I'm beautiful, beautiful loved, loved and blessed, and blessed. Yeah. well and I, I liked that too that it's a confession which is also a sort of that's a more Catholic sort of thing that he uh, wasn't really involved in, but right. you know it's well known and definitely a pop culture sort mm-hmm. of thing. But yeah, we're all beautiful and loved and blessed because God makes us so. Period. Yeah, there's there's something about us that is unique, and that's where the beauty is. Mm-hmm. Um, really love the line where he says, "If I were to ever write down my life story, I could truly say, with all the fame and glory, that I was just a piece of clay." In need of the potter's hand. Mm, that's poignant. Yeah. Here very, very, especially thinking about, you know, he did, eventually he did start to write down his life story. Right. And uh, unfortunately, yeah, which didn't there's, get it finished. Yeah. So there's news out now that, that, mm. that there will be a book coming out. It might even include his handwritten notes of oh, what he I was, so. what he was doing. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked his uh, voice on the song. I thought uh, he and Tamar's voices complemented one another very, yeah, very well. Yeah, it was well. a great pairing for sure, um, and it's sung deeply. So mm-hmm. Yes, and I really liked that. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I thought. Um, I just thought the song had a lot to love about it, especially the ending. There's an instru- instrumental part of the ending where um, there's just some rhythm guitar work and a bass guitar that's just really fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. There's a lot here. To, to really love. Yeah. Agreed. All right, The Dance. Now, this song uh, was originally on the Chocolate Invasion and was re-recorded for 3121, correct? Yes, that's right. It's the, you know, if you were to look at this album and say, well, where's the vault track that's been sitting around for a while? This is... Here you go. This is sort of the one that, we, you know, we first heard it in 2004 from the MPG Music Club. There was a... Uh, kind of a collection of tracks that he had released as one-off downloads that he compiled into two different albums, and this is from one of those yeah. two albums. Um, it was much more bare bones on the Chocolate Invasion version here. It's reworked 
quite a bit, much more of a full recording, and as I like to say, very orchestrated. Yes. Very yearning. You know, we get some Prince screams at the end. Yes. Um, it was sure like, yay, here's the primal scream. That's right. I always look forward to the <laughs> Prince primal scream on the album. Yeah. We usually get them. Yeah, they, they're and here they are. They're in uh, a slow a slow track. Yeah, which is ballad. unusual. A little unusual to find it here and, and not other places. You know, I was thinking about the opening lines to the song. I don't want to give you my love because I don't want to lose my mind. You know, yes. I started thinking. You know, this is a guy who's crazy in love, afraid of rejection. Someone consumes his mind. She's all he thinks about, and his mind is full of love. If he gives his love away, he's losing his mind, essentially, is where I saw that coming from. And that love is this crazy dance of, are we going to throw ourselves into it and be disappointed, or are we better off Uh walking away? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought that that tension was really very nice. Mm -hmm. It really made for an interesting song that he keep saying all these things he doesn't want to do, but you can tell the way he says it mm-hmm. and the way he sings it, that he desperately wants to do all these things that he says he doesn't want to do. He wants to jump into this commitment, but he's being ruled by fear. Yeah. Yeah. Or ruled by the, these barriers that he puts up, you know, part of his maturity was, Setting barriers and mm-hmm. not crossing those lines. Right. Well, and he basically is, she's near perfect because she's the new love. Yeah, that's and true. Because, I mean, we all know throughout Prince's career, what was most important to him for much of it was the here and now, not yes. looking back. Right. And, but then he says, you could see the fear creeping through. I could find another like you anywhere. And it, that's, even in the song, it felt like a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put put up this wall. I could find another like you anywhere. You're not so perfect. You're not the this perfect person that I'm making you out to be. You're just like everybody else. But then turns around and, and says, then turns around she and may not does. have all your pretty hair and your lips and all the ways that you make me love you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I think uh, the lyrics are what make this song for me. The reworking of it with the orchestration, I wasn't completely drawn to. Hmm. But I always thought the lyrics to the song were some of of his best. Yeah, I really Mm -hmm. liked it a lot too. Get on the boat. Get on the boat. So the closing of the song, we're going to get on a boat with Prince. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) It it felt a little heavier on the faith metaphors and the talking about the tribulation talking about a boat which to me very much was like the fisher of men yeah yeah he's back out recruiting yeah that's what i see but not with so much of the religious or spiritual overtones more of a for the good of mankind kind of thing is what i heard a little bit of okay you know, where we're trying to get on the same page and, um, you know, where he says we were made to live together underneath the sun. I can think of nothing greater. Don't you want to come? I saw a lot of it as putting down our differences. Um, there's certainly okay. undertones Looking of, yeah, the references to, yeah. you know, the boat and that kind of stuff. Right. Um, it's interesting that he says we've got room for a hundred more. That's yeah. a fairly limited Well, number. and that's kind of what I thought. I'm like, there's a hundred? Really? <laughs> this is all we have room for in the boat? We're not going to get a cruise ship? Yeah. Well, maybe there's a lot of people on the cruise ship already. Oh, maybe. I thought it was a really fun way to close out an album. You know, there's yeah. sort of a serious message here, but it is a really fun song. Um, and great cameo appearances by Maceo Parker. Oh, I and loved Sheila the Maceo e. shout out. Maceo got a shout out on the album, which is you know a lot of fun. They he had a great relationship with him coming off of the. I mean, this happened going back to 1999 uh, with his album Raven to the Joy Fantastic was the first place that Maceo appeared and then toured with him for years. And right, was part of the. He was great in concert. Yeah, he was awesome. He was really what good. A cool guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought the song was maybe a little repetitive. Oh, it, I mean, yeah, I could see that. Um, I just enjoyed it. I liked uh, even the ending where mm-hmm. I don't know who is in the background saying, get on the boat, get on uh-huh. the boat. It was fun to me. I enjoyed it. I, it. Yes, I can see how you could see it was a repetitive, one of the longer songs on the album, too. I thought of it a little bit as Dear Mr. Man Part 2 from Musicology, where, um, you know, he's saying, 
it's a, it's a little bit of Dear Mr. Man was more about racism and equal okay. rights, where yeah. Get on the Boat is more of let's all come together uh-huh. um, to live together in peace and spread the love of God to one another, that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But really an up-tempo way to, to end the album. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. And that's the end of the album. Man, no. what, a, what a fun ride. Can it start I over know. again? Oh, well, it can, but we're not going to start talking about it Sometimes over again. I think 3121 follows Get on the Boat, because I get to the end of this album and, and it, it starts, starts over, back over. And I'm happy to just let, yeah. let it happen. Yeah, let it go. Yeah. <laughs> Been there. All right. So we have our rules. We the pick rules. The rules. We pick three things. We pick a time capsule. We pick the sea. We pick a mountain. So a time capsule, the song on the album that sounds most like the time period in which it was released. It's a tough one. It is a tough one because I really felt like even still, this album doesn't sound like much else. It's very much its own animal in a wonderful, wonderful way. Yeah. And while it doesn't sound like any of these people exactly... It kind of sounds like the music that would have informed and influenced at the time people like Usher, Alicia Keys, Kanye West, Ludacris. Yeah. They all had they they didn't sound like this, but I thought that they, it sounded like they were being informed by my song, My Time Capsule, was uh-huh. Black Sweat. Oh, very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. And the uh, the video itself, too, it, was, it did make it into pop culture and had a very Kiss-like video with yeah. Prince reacting to Ooh, a dancer. I look forward so to talking about that next Let's talk about that. Um, but yeah, I, I can see that because those focus on the elements that uh, made, you know, it's kind of a hip-hop kind of song, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was my Time Capsule. Do you have... Yours. Well, my time capsule. I'm. I went with the title track, thirty-one twenty-one. Oh, well, I can totally see that. You know, this was a song that just encapsulated the entire era. That this little funky galactic party universe that Prince built for himself. Yeah. And those undertones are present on his next two albums too. So it really kind of set the time for me. You know, even on his next album, Planet Earth, the numbers 3121 are all over the background. Uh-huh. There are songs on that album that were recorded during that section, session. Mm-hmm. And the song, and the album after that, Lotus Flower, there's references to it on right. 3121. Right. So I don't know that it's a pop culture time capsule, um, even though I don't want to say Prince was under the radar at this time because he had just come off of a hugely successful musicology tour being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right. This album um, was a partnership with his one-off partnership with Universal that was a number, his very first and only album that debuted at number one, which is amazing right. to me because there was, the radio play wasn't really happening for him then. Um, so for me, the time capsule was more about, in Prince's career, that song really encapsulated mm-hmm. not only this album, but albums to come. That's really cool. I can't argue with that at all. Then all right. <laughs> I will not. All right, so The Sea. This was really hard because they're really great songs, but we give ourselves rules and we have to follow them. Yeah, there so- can still be... A song that is your least favorite. That doesn't mean that you don't like it if it's part of a collection of great songs. Yeah, that's very true. I would say probably my least favorite was Get on the Boat. As funky and fun as it was, I Mm -hmm. really thought it was too repetitive, maybe a little too heavy-handed with the religion to be very accessible. It was very a just fine song. Ah. I kind of peeked at iTunes here as we're looking at it. It is the longest song on the album by a good 30 seconds or so. Okay. So, you know, and there are repeating repeated calls by Prince for the lead line and the horns to come back in. And it's kind of an extended jam, kind mm-hmm. of a very live feel right. more than a produced I can see that. track. Yeah. yeah. But for me, that was, that was my C. Not that I disliked it, but it just, it was, it's not one I'm going to visit a ton. Yeah. I had my C predicted for you, and it's oh, you, you didn't choose what I thought what you would did, choose. What did you think I was going to choose? Please tell me. Well, what I chose was the use of the vocoder on incense and candles, <laughs> where this it's kind of the auto tune kind of sound. It's yeah. on thirty one twenty one. It's on incense and candles. 
Um, I thought it worked on 3121 because it's this funky, crazy right. song with a Fun kind of an track. odd beat. And we've yeah. got deep voices and high voices, you know, and cat calls and that kind of stuff. It worked. Where, to me, Prince is not one who needs to be auto-tuned. And it was no. done more as an effect right. uh, during the song. And I just felt like, you know, if there's something I have to pick that I wish I could change about this album, I'd like to hear that track without the vocal effects oh. on it. Oh, okay. That's totally fair. See... You have a much more nuanced way oh, of picking um, your eh, it's kind of mountains and sea. It's very yes. technical. I'm like, I need to pick the song that's my mountain and my sea. You oh. have a little more technical uh, approach to it. I had to, I had to focus in on something very specific because I... This is a great I've album. I've always it's liked really this hard. album, yeah. but um, focusing on it for the last week or so... I mean, I like it more than I even thought I did. Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. So speaking of liking it, you got your mountain. I do. I have my mountain. And let me tell you, it was really challenging to pick because there's so many good songs. And I really loved Love, uh-huh. but that's not my mountain. I already know what it is. It's the it's got to be the word. It's yeah. the word. Yeah. It's the word. Because if there's one song that I want to hear other people sing... Uh-huh. It's the word. I really think I need to like contact the worship leader at the church that we're going to and say, just consider it. Just just think about it. <laughs> Listen to it. Let it inform your decisions a little bit because it's it's just I love the call to action. Mm-hmm. It's and it's just it's so sing alongable and it makes me happy. Yeah. And I think that's what worship songs should do is they should make you happy. Yeah. They should make and you joyful and give you fuel to be Yeah. It's I mean in it is, it's, relationship with the Lord. Yeah, and it's a very that that, that song does it in a very accessible way. And even if you're not a Christian and you're not a believer, it's still a song that you can really, really enjoy. Yeah, I've seen comments on Prince.org and other places where, you know, people were reacting to the song saying, you know, actually no, I don't wanna I don't wanna be saved. That's not I don't I don't align with that. So I can see how it still can be polarizing. But, you know, this is who Prince was as a man. And this is, you know, in the private moments that he had, this is where he put his focus into reading and studying. And I thought it came across as about as beautiful and as fun as you could possibly have it come across. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Well, and you can be saved from other stuff, too. That's true. Like to get up and do something is to save yourself or save someone else. It does it. It doesn't have to be, I mean, it is a very religious overtone, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Yeah. It could be, you know, just stepping out of from whatever is troubling you. If yeah. You'll, you know, open your heart. Yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. All right. Your mountain. Let's I, hear it. Oh, well, I'm going to, I've got you covered because I'm giving it to love. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm so glad. Totally. Just for the course. I've been singing yes. it all week long to uh-huh. myself from the abundance of the mouth, the heart speaks. Love is yeah. whatever you want it to be. And such an appropriate week to really like yeah yeah i mean singing that song i don't know i hear it and i hear it it's very very freeing it's very mature very open very welcoming you know and i thought you know earlier in prince's career he would have called this uptown from dirty mind where everyone is trying to go to have a good time and here it's just this open door of this is where we're going now it's where um you just need to let down your defenses and put aside your criticisms and come together, you know, in twenty in 2006, the song is love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Wow. Well, that's great. All right. So tell us what you think. Find us on Facebook, the Mountains and the Sea of Prince podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TMATS podcast, T-M-A-T-S podcast. That stands for the Mountains and the Sea Got to tell you, Christy is an awesome Twitterer. There are some tiny facts out of this podcast that she'll relate to many, many things in, <laughs> in current news and headlines. It's a good follow. Yeah, it, it, it's fun. I do a good job if I do say so myself. <laughs> and if you aren't on Facebook and you don't like Twitter, then you can email us. Tell us what you think. Podcast at gmail.com. Tell us what you think. Tell us, you know, what you loved, what you didn't love. We want to hear it. Next time, darlings, we're going to talk about supplementary material. And there is some 
fun stuff for us to check out. There's an acoustic recording of Love, Josh's Mountain, that came out on 3121.com. There's the original version of The Dance that was on The Chocolate Invasion. Right. There was an American Idol appearance. There's videos for Black Sweat and Town of Corazon. And Fury. And Fury. And uh, an SNL appearance, a Good Morning America appearance. Their Prince Museum online has a oh an archive an archive of thank the you previous site thirty one twenty one com and uh, whatever else we can find we're gonna we're gonna check out and so, we're gonna add Tamar's album we're gonna oh, give that and a listen Tamar's from start album. to finish yeah um, it's called Milk and Honey it made its way around and we got our grubby little hands on it so we're gonna give that a listen to yep so. We hope that you will join us for that. Let oh, us know what you think. And a oh. residency. A oh, 3121 residency. The whole reason the oh. album is named this. And you're going to tell us about the house. The house. Poor, the house. Poor Carlos Boozer. He had a heart attack. We'll tell you why next time. Yeah, it's good stuff. Join us in a couple weeks. We'll see you. Thank you.